With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the SG Tour Report from Secret Golf. Hi, I'm Diane Knox. Thank you for listening. We're talking picks for the Houston Open this week. It's an all-new Houston Open back at Memorial Park. Well, it's a course we haven't seen on the PGA Tour since the 60s, and it was recently given this huge redesign and renovation by Tom Doak. I'm joined by a very famous PGA Tour player, which we will talk about shortly. And last week, it was the Bermuda Championship and our picks were pretty good. Looking at the guys that we had in the win zone, it was a great week for Will Zalatoris, who finished T16 and secured his PGA Tour membership for the rest of the season. Peter Malnati, Doc Redman, Denny McCarthy. And um, I have to say, Matt Jones, who was one of our dark horse picks, finishing tied for four. So um, Elk and Jay Kaplan (laughs) had kind of, uh, I guess, gone together on that pick. And uh, well, I had to say congrats to both of them. So we'll talk about that a little bit later on. Jay's going to be here. Elk's not on the show again this week. He will be back for the Masters next week. But in his place, I am joined by Bradley Hughes today. So Bradley has been a secret golf contributor for a long time now. He used to play on tour. Um, and had great success over in his homeland of Australia. He coaches a lot of the big names on the PGA Tour right now, including Harold Varner III, Brant Snedeker, and Brendan Todd. Bradley's really been uh, credited with helping Brendan get out of that slump and back to winning ways, going back to back with the Bermuda Championship last year and then Mayakoba. So it's just amazing to see and um, it's always great to get Bradley's expert opinion. So he's going to be helping me this week go through the field and the skill set required to do well around Memorial Park. 
Now, some big names back in action this week, including Dustin Johnson, who was out for two weeks with COVID. But of course, this is a bit of a warm up for the Masters next week. So DJ in the field, Phil Mickelson playing and Brooks Kepka. Now, I did say there was a PGA Tour player who had helped with the redesign of this course and it was Kepka. So it's going to be, we're going to talk about this a lot, but it's going to be great to see him on this course this week because really none of the players know it apart from him so we'll go through that and we're going to look at the skill set required to do well around Memorial Park which is a municipal like 60,000 rounds played per year and the most expensive green fee $38 $38 that's not bad I really want to go out and play this course anyway we're going to go through everything you need to know about Memorial Park the type of player that's set up to do well there then we'll look at the field and their stats give you our 10 in the win zone our sizzlers our fizzlers and our dark horse picks and this week I'm joined by Bradley Hughes thank you Diane it's going to be great to be here see if I can help people pick a winner. So um, Bradley, you had a a great playing career on the PGA Tour and in Australia on the tour over there. And now you work as a coach with a lot of players on tour. It's funny because this time last year was when everything really blew up for you. You coach Brendan Todd and Brendan won the Bermuda Championship last year. That was really the, the start of it for him after having to kind of rework his entire game yeah it was it was a it was a fun week one year ago uh, I remember doing lessons and sort of having one eye on the student and one eye on my phone trying to watch what the outcome so it was really cool and the success that he had there he carried it on throughout the, the whole season and you work with so many guys now give us your roster of the the pros on the PGA Tour well yeah I've got a few I've worked with obviously uh Brandon, and then I've done a lot of work with Harold Varner. We started out with Brant Snedeker, with Greg Chalmers, Cameron Percy, um, Ollie Schneider-Jans, who had a great Bermuda tournament, and we've got a couple of new ones in the works coming up soon, which I can't comment on yet, but we've got a couple of new things that, that may be a possibility soon. And uh, you've worked with Secret Golf and be one of our contributors for such a long time. And it's great to see the success. And also, and one of our guys that we're going to talk about this week who we're big on for the Houston Open, he uses your product, which is the Down Under Board. Tell us about that very quickly. Uh, The Down Under Board is a tool that I invented a long time ago, probably 11 or 12 years ago. We just put it in production and utilize it between your feet to get used to the phrase, use the ground properly. You learn how to use the ground, use the force, use the pressures, and it encompasses into your swing right throughout from setup, back swing, transition, and all the way through. Amazing. Um, and I always remember it started off as just a piece of wood that you could go buy and get cut to specific sizes at Home Depot. And now it's an actual legit board and sales are through the roof and it's really taken off and we're so happy for you. Yeah, actually just uh, brought out the new 2.0 version, which is now adjustable. So it just came out yesterday. Right. So this week, the Houston Open, but it's at a different course, Memorial Park, which we haven't seen on the PGA Tour since, what, like the 60s? And it's really cool that golf is going to be back in the center of Houston. Are you looking forward to seeing this course? 
I am. I played the Houston Open a number of times out at the Woodlands and at the uh, the other one, can't remember where that was called now, but I've seen photos and videos of the Memorial Park and the, the downtown is right there. It looks really cool. The cool thing about the park is that it's, it's used as a recreation park normally. It's like one and a half thousand acres, double the size of Central Park. There's like jogging trails and the trails go around the course. So I think it is going to be a very unique setup. And this week there's going to be fans back. They're letting 2,000 a day in. How do you feel about fans being back on the course? I think the players will love it. I've been at a few tournaments with some of my players and it's it's really fascinating to not have the the eruption for a birdie or, you know, or the oohs and ahs for a bad shot or anything. So I think the players miss it and I think they'll they'll encourage and enjoy the, the atmosphere again. So Memorial Park is just over 7,000 yards. It, it's just gone through this big redesign that was funded by the Astros Golf Foundation, powered by Jim Crane, owner of the Houston Astros baseball team. And it was Tom Doak, the famous architect that came in to do the redesign. But what's really interesting is that his consultant on the project was Brooks Kepka who says apart from winning all the tournaments that he's won, this is one of the greatest things he's ever been involved with in golf. So Kepka's surely got something to prove this week. Well, he's got the inside running, doesn't he? No one else knows the course. So, so what, what do you know about the course? What type of player is going to do well out there? From what I've seen, the course looks pretty wide open. So there's a little bit of room off the tee. Uh, the greens look... Not severe, but there's enough uh, elevations and fall-offs in that you need to be on the correct side of the hole to have a good putt at it. So I think it's going to be, as far as I can tell, obviously every week if you're a good iron player, you're in, you're in with a chance. But it's going to be some long driving. Just get it down you know, far. There's a little bit of room or available space off some of the tees and someone with a really good short game if they do miss the green or... If they attack a par five, they can get it up and down and, and make those birdies and, and avoid the drop shots. Okay. Um, the, the thing that I read, there was a few things that really caught my eye when I was looking into the course, but I mean, there's like 60,000 rounds per year played on it because it's a municipal golf course that you can, I think the top rate is $38 to go out and play. So with the redesign, they obviously had to make sure that it could withstand a lot of traffic. And with it being a muni, the greens are going to be a little bit bigger than we usually see on a PGA Tour event course. Yeah, and it's, that's great. I mean, golf's not just about the pros. We don't need to make every golf course suitable just for pro action only. So there's a lot of golfers around the world and I'm sure it's going to be fun for those people that play there regularly to be able to see how the pros uh, attack it or play it compared to their uh, mega games, I guess you'd call it sometimes. Joined this week by Bradley Hughes, who coaches a lot of big names on the PGA Tour. Ollie Schneiderjans, who had a great finish last week at the Bermuda Championship, Bradley. He did. It was great. He, uh, he's been playing on the Corn Ferry Tour and looking at getting his game back. He's had some really good results out there and he managed to get an invitation to Bermuda. Came and lo and behold, besides the FedEx Cup and a little bit of money in his pocket, he now gets to go to Houston Open for a top 10 finish. How important is it going to be for the 37 guys, I think it is, that are playing this week? in the Masters next week as well. How important is this as a warm-up for them and to kind of work on their games ahead of Augusta National? 
Well, I think it's always good to go into a major playing and playing well. So some people like to play, some people like to have the week off. Um, I liked playing. I thought it was great to just get some more under your belt. It's obviously a different course in Augusta, but you cannot beat the reps, as Tiger always says. You've got to have reps of playing, and if you can get confident and have a good finish here, you can easily carry that over into the Masters, which a lot of players have done in, in the past. So this week, the Houston Opens at Memorial Park. It's a new course for all the guys. And after the renovations, there's going to be very few of them that have actually played it until this week. We know there's going to be about two and a half inches of rough. The greens are going to be bigger. There's going to be um, a lot of kind of runaway chipping areas round about the greens. And also, it seems to be a course that's really going to favor the players that love to go for that risk reward. Sure. Um you know, that's sort of how golf has become. But obviously this week with a municipal course and trying to host a PGA event, there's a little bit more room around the, the course. They've tried to narrow it down a little bit of rough, but rough doesn't mean much to these guys anymore. So I think you'll find someone that gets the ball down pretty far off the tee and has a, a good short game that they can recover well if they're slightly off. Green speed will obviously be important, like you said, with the bigger greens. It'll probably be a lot longer approach putts than some are used to. So I think it'll be a really good week for a well-rounded player in all those aspects. Okay. We said that uh, Kepka helped Tom Doak with the redesign. And one of the cool things that Kepka said was that he wanted it to be exciting. So... I think the toughest holes are 10, 11, and 12. And then 13 to 17, there's really four eagle opportunities, two drivable par fours, and two par fives that you can really get on in two. So, I mean, we're going to see some exciting golf down the stretch. Yeah, and don't uh, don't rest on your laurels. If you got a little lead there on the back nine Sunday, we know anything can happen, which is very much like Augusta, isn't it? We can have the, the birdies or the eagles or the bogeys and the doubles on those back nine par fives there. So the short par fours that are drivable obviously bring in a different element. Some people may play it safe and trust their wedge game, like a Zach Johnson, and other guys may just put the big dog out, like Dustin Johnson and Kepka, and try and make an eagle straight off the bat. Yeah, right. So the stats that we're looking at this week for the Houston Open are total driving, proximity to hole, scrambling, average distance of putts made, and par five birdie or better. Then as always, we look at current form as well. And we're using the stats for this season, what we've seen so far of the 2021 season. Right, we're going to jump right into our top 10. And coming in at number one in our re-ranking is a guy that you just mentioned. And really, I mean, it's the first time we're seeing him since playing in the US Open, which seems like forever ago now. He got struck down with COVID and couldn't play in the CJ Cup or the Zozo Championship. But Dustin Johnson is going to be raring to go. Bradley, what do you make of DJ's game right now? I mean, is there anything bad we can say about it? Well, he's number one in everything, isn't he? He's number one in the world and he's number one in won the FedEx Cup. So obviously he's a, a chance every time he tees it up just based on the ability that he has, the distance, the iron control, and he's putting well. When he putts well, he's going to be hard to, to stop. So, you know, you should nearly all have him near the top of your shouldn't you? 
the thing about DJ is you can't really take his stats into account right now because they are the stats from the US Open. But the thing that is amazing is when you look at his last five starts, he's finished sixth, first, second, first, second. So, of course, DJ's playing at the Houston Open the week before the Masters. He's going to shoot right up to the top. For sure. And he needs he needs the run, doesn't he, after not being able to play the last few weeks. So it's going to be, I'm sure he'll be there. Like there's there's no one you could really regard than, than DJ just for his all-round game and, and with a major coming up next week. Coming in at number two in our list is a guy that we've mentioned a few times on the show already, but he has to jump up to number two because he knows the golf course, which is already giving him such a huge advantage. Brooks Kepka. Bradley, our question mark with Kepka has been for a long time now injury concerns, but he's been putting some videos on social media of him working out and leg pressing a ridiculous amount of weight. You know, do you have any kind of inside information on his injury or or what you see from him so far? I do not, and I didn't actually watch him play the the tournaments there at Shadow Creek, so I'm not really sure what shape his game was in, but he's a big time player. You know, he always plays well in the majors and I'm sure he'll be raring to to go and get a good warm-up, hopefully win under his belt and put his name on the trophy that also has his name on the course. Yeah, well, that's the thing that he he knows the course inside out. So maybe he's going to go out there. I always think Kepka plays best when he's got a bit of a chip on his shoulder and he's going to want to go out there and kind of be like, well, hey, you know, I uh, I helped with the redesign of this course, so let me all show you how it should be played. Yeah, you just don't have anyone say anything bad things about the course. That would really rile him up and spur him on, wouldn't it? <laughs> we kind of want to see that a little bit. Um <laughs> Coming in at number three is a guy that's featured in this top 10 a lot lately. And it's uh, it's kind of no surprise because his game's in great shape. His last three finishes, he's finished fourth, third, and 27th. But when you look across the line, we always say that guys only have to kind of outperform one stat. And his one stat is par five, birdie, or better. But Russell Henley's game is solid right now. Yeah, he's been playing really well. Very, very consistent. Uh, not many rounds over par. He's always been shooting under par. So I'm sure he comes in with a lot of confidence with his game. And and the course will suit him. I mean, he's not short. He's pretty accurate with his iron play and he's a great partner when he's on. So I hope for him to continue on his form of the, the West side that he just played in and come out with a strong week. The stats that are going to be, we were, well, we were talking about the fact that you know, if you miss the green, it's that all-important scrambling, you know, that chip, that pitch to get back in play. And it's such a strength of his game. He's eighth on the whole PGA Tour. So looking at Henley's numbers, as I said, 42nd in proximity. He's 58th in average distance of putts. Um, it's only the par five birdie or better, 112th, but that that's that almost to him shouldn't be that big a factor. Yeah, I mean, you can't birdie every hole either, can you? So he really plays the par fours and the par threes well. So he, he can make up for that as long as he doesn't make, you know, big mistakes on the par fives and keep par and will throw a bogey. And I'm sure he'll do fine. Okay. It's Sam Burns coming in at number four. It's a huge jump up our rankings for Sam Burns. But 
the strength of his game, it's obvious on the PGA Tour right now, he is first in total driving. What do you see in Sam Burns and the fact that his, his name has been up that leaderboard in a lot of tournaments of late? I haven't seen Sam play in a tournament, but I have been out with him in a practice round here and there, and he bombs it. So, and pretty straight. So obviously that's his number one ranking right there. So I'm sure that's, that's a great combination on any golf course. So if he can use that to his advantage, not short side himself too much, you know, play maybe a little bit safer on some holes and give himself a putt. I know he can get hot with the putter. So avoid the chips, long drives and have putts and he's probably going to feature right there at the end of the week. And as we say, this has been such a risk-reward course and the fact that we were talking about those four eagle opportunities just on that closing stretch of holes, someone that hits it that far and that straight, that puts him at a huge advantage. It's no surprise that his par five birdie or better, he's 21st on the tour with driving numbers like that. Right, we're going through our top 10 for the Houston Open here on the SG Tour Report. And we're on to number five in our list. Austin Cook takes that spot. And well, he finished second at the Shriners Open in Vegas just a few weeks ago. Um, that We were saying that it's going to be really important this week scrambling like proximity to the hole guys that can chip and pitch really well and kind of get the ball into those corners of slightly larger greens but his proximity he's 13th on the PGA Tour and 31st in total driving what do you make of Austin Cook in Houston well I think he has great memories of Houston I think not that long ago he may have played in Houston Open as a Monday qualifier or a sponsor's invite and led the tournament well deep into the Sunday. So he obviously has great fond memories of this course. It's probably the place where he managed to earn his card from, from playing so well there. And he's won on tour, I believe. I'm not sure exactly what tour was, but he, and he's played well of lately and that proximity to the hole, like you said, is going to be massive for this tournament. Who do you think is going to be at more of an advantage? The guys that are preparing for Augusta next week or guys that are going out there to really focus on winning this one? Well, I think the guys that probably aren't playing Augusta next week, I think you always hear that, you know, I'm prepping for Augusta, I'm doing this, so their mind is not 100% on winning the tournament. But, of course, the guys that aren't in next week's Masters, they're still playing to get into the April version next year, so... Um, another guy who's not in the field for next week, but he comes in at number six and he's been playing brilliantly. Last three finishes, fifth, sixth and ninth. And that is James Hahn. Um, Bradley, what do you see about his game, his swing? Well, he's obviously got his uh, killer instinct back because he had been injured for a long time, hadn't played. And it's pretty rare that someone comes back from injury and gets that hot so quickly. Three top tens in a row obviously shows his game's in a great spot. He's won before. He's not afraid to win. So it could be his week. I, I couldn't see why not. Mm-hmm. Um, was it in Vegas that he played really well um, not long ago and really had the chance to win? We have second in current form for him. But total driving, he's 16th on the PGA Tour, 21st in proximity to the hole and 35th in scrambling. I mean, I always say when we look across our chart and they have all green numbers, I mean, these are the guys that are really making moves and can't be ignored. And it's a huge jump up the rankings for James Han. So not surprised. And, and with the... With a rich vein of form too, he's gonna he's gonna carry all that over for sure. 
Yeah. Another guy who's been playing great and um, he's kind of been, we could never count him as a dark horse because he's playing so well right now, but he's been a dark horse name of mine for a long, long time. And it's Taylor Gooch. Um, with a name like that, you can't really forget it either. But he's been playing well and had a top 10 finish in his second most recent start. His scrambling is 14th. And we were saying that that pitch shot is going to be really valuable this week. So um, Taylor Gooch, I mean, again, all great numbers on the board. And a young guy, you know, obviously keen to keep his standing or even improve on that and pull out a winner. It's not uncommon for these young guys to come through. And again, he's in good form. I don't really know about his game. I have not seen him play, but I have heard his name re- uh, mentioned a lot recently. So again, there, there can't be any surprise in pro golf, but we're picking him at number seven, I believe, this week. Yep. So he's, in, you know, he's a great pick. I love the fact that our number eighth guy is up there because Bradley, I don't know if you know this, but he was my dark horse pick for the uh, Shriners Open in Vegas a couple of weeks ago at 250 to one. And he only went and won it. I mean, the fact he's Scottish just makes him even better. And a huge jump up in the rankings for Martin Laird. I mean, even this week, he's 150 to one. His putting in Vegas was off the charts. Yeah, and he's, you know, he's a bomber. He's a big guy, but he plays well within himself. He doesn't try and hit the cover off the ball, but he's got that built-in strength. He's a good iron player, and the putting was always holding him back, but obviously he fixed that up in Vegas there, as well as holding a, a plugged bunker shot that I saw on one hole on the ninth. Uh, and he's Scottish. I mean, you had to pick him, didn't you? <laughs> I'm going to go that route Go that route myself. I'm going to go for some Aussies a little bit later on when yes, I get to see? But Martin Laird's a great pick. Um, he generally plays well at the same course. I think he's won Vegas twice and come runner-up there as well. So he might start a new tradition out here at Memorial Park. When we were watching him playing in the Shriners, it, that proximity to the whole stat is so good for him. He's 28th on the PGA Tour and 19th in total driving. As you said, he's a he's a bomber. But you, uh, when you were watching him, he was so dialed in in that tournament anyway that you knew that as you say, the, the bunker shot. But apart from that, when he was approaching the green, you knew that he was going to get it pretty close. He just seemed so in control of that shot. And that shot's going to be really important again this week around Memorial Park. And again, he's back from injury. got nothing to lose. He went out in Vegas and won. So I'm sure he's fresh in his mind and fresh in his body. And he'll do great. Good. Um, the guy coming in at number nine is Elk's pick for this week. And what I love is that Elk picked him after seeing his swing at the weekend uh, playing in Bermuda. And then when we talked to you before the show, he was one of your top picks as well. Then when we put his numbers in, he comes up in our top 10. And that is Denny McCarthy. Um, so what did you think about Denny? Why did you think he was going to be a real contender for this week? I just think he's been trending. He had a good uh, final round there to jump up. Um, plus, he uses the down underboard. So how can I not like the guy? But he, uh, yeah, he just looks like he's been playing well, very steady, consistently bringing in some good numbers each week. And maybe it's his week to bring in the lowest one and take the take the title. 
Yeah, he finished fourth in Bermuda and that's two top tens in his last three starts. I said to Elk, uh, you can't be on the show this week, but what is it about Denny Swing? He said his sequence of swing is big money. <laughs> Such an Elk phrase. <laughs> he said, I love the shape of it and the angle of the club. When you're watching these guys, are you looking for things like that as well? Absolutely. I mean, I'm looking for definitely sequence. You've got to try and keep the, the body, arms, club all sort of moving somewhat together. Obviously, the club's got further to travel, but it's going to all match up. And if you see someone sort of jumping up in the air or flicking their hands too much, then obviously there's an issue with the whole timing and that just doesn't hold up as well. So his is in sync. And as it showed, I think he shot an eight under or seven under the final day in Bermuda and jumped right up. So he's ready to go this week too. Okay. And then completing our top 10 is a guy who won on the European tour. I mean, obviously didn't suffer from jet lag because he came over and played in the CJ Cup in Vegas and was leading for a little while, eventually finishing third. Then did great at the Zozo the week after, but that is Terrell Hatton. And the numbers for him are good. The problem number for him is scrambling. I think we have like limited stats for Hatton anyway because he was playing over in Europe for a while, but he's coming in at 258th in scrambling. So we have said that that is going to be vital this week. Well, hopefully he doesn't need that stat. You know, he's a great striker of the ball. So obviously fairways and greens can solve some of those issues, but he's playing on a high. He won the... the Bolo PGA Championship over in, or the BMW, not sure who the sponsor is now, in uh, Europe, the flagship event. I didn't expect him to come straight from that win over to America on the West Coast and play as well as he did. So he's obviously high on confidence and he he's always a chance. He's just got that confidence. He's top 10 in the world now in the world rankings, so he's ready to go and he's one of the three players in the top 10 that is going to Augusta the following week. So he's going to try and keep that game in shape. Yeah, for sure. Right, so to recap our full top 10, the guys in the win zone this week, Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, Russell Henley, Sam Burns, Austin Cook, James Hahn, Taylor Gooch, Martin Laird, Denny McCarthy and Terrell Hatton. So we always do our sizzlers, fizzlers and dark horses. And well, we have a bit of time to kick off our sizzlers this week. And the first one, well, we will go with the guy who won the Houston Open last year. I mean, completely different course, but Lanto Griffin who is, well, number 15 in our ranking, but it is a move up. And he's been playing really, really well. Had a great chance to win at Sherwood. Ended up finishing 11th, but he was really, I don't think he was 54-hole leader, but he was round about the lead for three solid days. Finished 7th the week before that at the CJ Cup. It seems like Lanto Griffin is turning it on right now. Yeah, and it's always great to come back even though it is a different course, like you said, come back as a defending champion. You've always got the good vibes. You've got that atmosphere to draw back on from the previous year when you won. And he won't want to give up his title that easily. So obviously he's been playing great and he's, he's a pretty steady player overall. He, he doesn't have big highs and lows. He's, he's sort of always gets there on the weekend and makes the cut. So he's got a lot of rounds under his belt. So I'm sure he won't want to give up his title too easily. He's putting really well to 34th in average distance of putts made on the PGA Tour right now. So he just has to keep that rolling. And Bradley, how much of, a, of putting is just confidence? Well, I think it is. Obviously, it's, you know, you've, 
there's a number of factors to putting. There's reading the line and getting your speed. And the people that can do that the best are the best putters. You know, some people read them well, some people don't get the right speed. So he always looks very pure, very solid, good tempo. So there's no reason why he should ever putt bad. And with these new big greens there and the different phase of the greens where there's different areas to putt up and down and up and around, he'll, uh, he'll be in good shape to continue that trend. Well, our first sizzler was Lantel Griffin, who won the Houston Open last year, albeit on a different course, but a lot of momentum um, heading into this from being defending champion and the way he's been playing lately. Now, our next sizzler is a former Masters champion, and it's going to be, I love watching him play. It's going to be great to see him go out around the course this week. And that is Zach Johnson. Bradley Hughes is my co-host this week. Um, You being a coach on tour and seeing a lot of these guys and being able to really analyze their games, what do you think of Zach Johnson? Well, obviously he, you wouldn't call him a plotter, would you? He's had such a great career, but he's not one of the players that can overpower a golf course. He's very steady. He's a point A to point B person. And he does have a great short game. He can get really hot with the putter. His wedge play and chipping is always fantastic. So he's going to be hard to overlook, isn't he? You know, he's been playing well. He's got a rich vein of form again. He's got confidence. And it's just probably a great little course set up for him. It's a, like we know, it's a municipal course. It's going to have some rough. It's going to be designed around someone that can get from point A to point B, and he's probably one of the best at doing that. He's a. I always think of Zach Johnson as a very conservative golfer. Like he's not huge off the tee, but he just kind of like he almost like just gets the job done in a proper no frills way, and that could be really important this week. I think he's conservative but aggressive at the same time. Like he's not scared to take on flag sticks. He can't uh, he can't take on dog legs and corners off the tees, but he can get in the right spot. And if he feels good about the yardage and the look of that shot, he's going straight at it. And as we know, been regarded as one of the best putters for a long time, and that's been working for him well recent times. Yeah, that's definitely his top stat. The guy that is our third sizzler has a very different style of play to Zach. But it's funny because you mentioned this guy's name as well before we started the show. It's going to be really interesting to see what he does out here. Phil Mickelson, who's won on the Champions Tour, he's had two starts and two wins, prepping for Augusta. He said publicly that he really needs to kind of like calm the game down a little bit. And this will be a week where he's going to be working on things. Hitting the fairway has not been (laughs) the strength of his game for a while now. But um, if there's anyone that can work magic around the greens and get themselves out of trouble, then, of course, putt phenomenally, it would be Phil. I think this is a good uh, setup for him. Obviously, the, the... Fairways have a little bit of room on them, but you do have to be on a certain correct side of the fairway. So I think he can still use his length, but the length is not the overall factor. I think it's going to be great for him to practice positioning the ball off the tee to one side or the other to get the best approach in. And I think as a warm-up for Augusta next week, if he can dial in his iron distances, not necessarily hit them all at the flag, but get his distance control correct, 
then he's going to have a, a pretty good chance, especially running hot off to yeah. two for two on the Champions Tour. And we know about Augusta, you know, he's obviously got that in the back of his mind. And Augusta is all about distance control with your iron. So if he can work on that, not only could it help him for next week, he could be our pick and sneak up and worry a few people on Sunday. If there's anyone whose eyes light up when they hear that a course really favours the risk-reward player, it would be Phil's. <laughs> well, that's, his, that's been his career, isn't it? But, you know, he obviously he's, he's 50 now and things probably don't move as well, even though he's in good shape. And, and he's working on different things, trying to, trying to play, I guess, not a different game, but he, he has tried to keep the distance with his swing, you know, trying to still hit the ball far and, Maybe that's to a disadvantage on the PGA Tour courses. So he's long enough. He doesn't need to smash everything. Just dial it back a little bit, get on the right side of the fairways for his approaches, and he's he can be a great uh, pick for this week. Yeah. So our three sizzlers are Lanto, Griffin, Zach Johnson, and Phil Mickelson. With the sizzlers, though, come the fizzlers. And those are the big-name guys who, when we put everything in, they really do move down in our re-ranking. And this week, all three of them are playing in the Masters next week. I hate to do this to you, Bradley, but we're going to start with an Australian. However, he did have COVID and it, his numbers playing have not been what we're maybe used to seeing <laughs> from him. There's going to be a warm-up period to get back into that rhythm, but Adam Scott is one of our fizzlers. Ooh, I like Scotty. But anyway, he's, uh, obviously he he was one of the players that took a prolonged break during the COVID thing. So he hasn't played that much. Probably uh, puts a little bit of a dampener on some of his stats that we've been looking at. But, he, you know, we, it's an unknown category. Scotty is obviously a great swinger of the club. He can find it in five minutes, I'm sure. So, but again, the, the downfall is generally his putting. So, you know, it, it doesn't suit well for him that he hasn't played as much and his short game is probably not up to par compared to some of them, but still an unknown quantity, but you can't really pick him based on recent form, but I still love him because he's an Aussie. I know, I know. <laughs> and he, it, it, he's one of those guys that you just don't want to uh, to put in this category, but it's the putting that's the problem. And as we say, very limited numbers because of how little he's played, but the red numbers are scrambling and proximity to the hole. And we're talking 250 plus on the PGA Tour. And the problem is putting. Well. Yeah, so there's nowhere else you can really put him this week. The next guy is someone who's been playing on the European Tour and then has come over. I guess this is a perfect warm-up for the Masters and that is Lee Westwood. But he falls down dramatically to number 80 in our re-ranking this week. And proximity to the hole and average distance of putts made, he is, well, 239 and 236 respectively. Yeah, and obviously uh, Lee's always been known for his ball striking ability. He hit a lot of fairways and greens and probably not an up-to-scratch uh, wedge game or chipping game compared to most of the guys out there. So that was always going to hold him back. I'm actually a little bit surprised about the proximity to the hole because that's normally one of his strong points. So obviously if that is not firing, then there's no reason to include him in the list of people that you'd think would play well. Yeah, um, again, there's no really other place to put him. Um, 
the, the third of our fizzlers is a guy that we've been big on for such a long time and he appeared in our top 10 win zone and as a sizzler a lot. But when we've updated the stats from the 2021 season, they're just not where they were. And that is Sung J.M. again in the Masters field next week. He's seventh in total driving, which is outstanding. But proximity, 152nd, and scrambling, he's 210th. Normally you have a bit of form with Sung J.M. too, but his last two finishes, 41st and 45th, Bradley. Yeah, it's a surprising because I've, I've seen him play a fair bit. He's been out uh, paired with Brendan Todd a couple of times when I've gone around and watched, and he's, he just looks like a player. He looks like he's not going to do too much wrong. But he has gone off the boil of late. Maybe maybe it's just all these golfy players, and he, he maybe needs a, a house to do his ironing in or something instead of a hotel room. But, you know, probably the, the travel's a grind and everything, but, you know, Again, he's a little bit unknown quantity in major championships. We haven't really seen him compete or we'll get up in those. So maybe he can find something this week. But based on the stats, he's definitely on the decline and probably deserves to be in the sizzle part. The fizzle, not the sizzle, the fizzle. I'm like you. I get confused by it all the time. <laughs> Our fizzlers are Adam Scott, Lee Westwood and Sung J.M. for the Houston Open this week. So, Bradley, when you were doing your, your research and obviously you have um, guys that you work with who are in the field this week, was there any other names that really kind of stood out to you that their stats would bode well for the skill set required around Memorial Park? Yeah, I mean, obviously I'm biased, but I'll talk about a few of my guys. I, I think Harold Varner is a great ball striker. It's, mm -hmm. If he has his ball striking, I actually just saw him yesterday and just a little brush up, he flies out. And his putting is hot or cold. He, when I first started working, he putt well for two rounds, then he putt well for two and a half, now he's sort of putting well for three rounds. So if he can get that putting to continue that trend and keep that ball striking great, he'll be a good shot. Uh, I like Brant Snedeker for the short game, and he's actually really driving the ball well in the last few tournaments that we've been working on things. So he's had a few weeks off. He's fresh and ready to go, and he's playing the Masters too. So he wants a good lead up for that. So there's my two, uh, I guess, inside scoop guys, but I'm, like I said, I'm a bit biased there. We have been saying for a long time, though, it's hard to believe that Harold Varner is still looking for that breakthrough victory on the PGA Tour because he's such a good player and his name is in contention so often right now. He loves the atmosphere. He loves getting in the mix and maybe having some fans there this week. He, he loves that type of stuff. So he'll appreciate some people cheering him on for his good play and, and he's he always hits the ball really well. He uh, he had a tough second day in Bermuda, but I found out that he uh, he's actually, he rang me up and he said, I'm hooking the ball off of these tee shots and tried to help him, but we got to realise that his driver had actually split, the head had cracked, so it wasn't performing as well as it should. So his score is not reflective of how he's playing in the second round there. So we'll look for him to eat it up this week and hopefully have a great week. Uh, what about Brendan Todd? We had talked about on the show last week that he had broken his toe. What's the update yeah. on Todd's toe? Yeah, he did. Um, <laughs> I got a text message off him with a, a picture of his foot with a, you know, a tray and he explained what had happened. So he had five or six days off before he went to Shadow Creek. Okay. He met me um, probably on the Monday. He came and visited me just to hit a few balls to see one, if his toe would stand it, and two, if we had to make any adjustments. But he said it 
it didn't hurt. You know, he just he's not really putting the pressure on it. It's in good shape. Um, so he'll be fine. He's not playing the Houston Open this week. He's taken the week off because he just played three straight and we'll see him next week at the Masters instead. But I think his his game's pretty good for anywhere. He's not a power player, but he certainly makes up for with the proximity of his irons and that short game that he's got. Okay. Um, I'm going to get Jay Kaplan on just in the next section to talk about dark horse picks because he had picked another fellow Aussie, Matt Jones, last week for the Bermuda Championship, who ended up finishing in fourth place, which was excellent. But um, who would be your dark horse pick for this week in Houston? I'm putting you on the I spot. Think, yeah, I think Australia is a great thing. I think we've had eight winners of the Houston Open from Australia, David Graham and Adam Scott. Appleby, Allenby, Devlin, Crampton, even Bob Charles, even though he's a New Zealander, will claim him. So there's been a lot of success from the, the down-under people. So my dark horse pick was Matt Jones, and my, uh, my main dark horse was Cameron Davis. Okay. He's got the length. He's played well at the Southern Farm recently, and he is confident and number 19 in the rankings. So he's, he's a good chance. Okay, cool. Right. You heard it here first. Bradley, thank you so much for coming on and co-hosting with me. It's so good to hear what you have to say, not just about the guys that you work with, but just the way that you see things on tour and interpret them. Um, It's just great to have your knowledge on the show and we very much value you. I loved it. Thanks for having me, Diane. Sports Grid, SG Tour. (laughs) Hopefully we give you some good picks and everyone's smiling at the end of the week. Well, it wouldn't be fair of me to not have last week's co-host, Jay Kaplan, back on the show. And it's only because of dark horses. And I'll tell you why in a minute. But first of all, uh, the only reason I'm getting you back on is because your dark horse pick last week was Matt Jones, the Australian, who ended up finishing in fourth place at the Bermuda Championship. Yeah, he was in it. You know, he, he uh, 267 to 66, just... That 71 on Friday really hurt him, but he was there all weekend. He finished T4, which is great. So uh, I'm ready for this week's pick. And this guy's got an interesting story. He is the first Austrian-born player to ever play on the PGA Tour. Another fact you probably didn't know. uh, Doesn't really matter, does it? Um, Moved from Vienna to Valdosta, Georgia, when he was 14 years old. I don't know the background, but if you've ever been to Valdosta, uh, I don't think it's like Vienna. I'm jumping all over him, 36th in driving, 33rd in scrambling, uh, 43rd par five or better. He's a scoring machine. He's Austrian. He's mean. It's Sepp Straka. He's my dark horse pick. Excellent. Big jump up. And he's 150 to 1 this week, which is very good for a dark horse, but not quite as good as mine. 300 to 1 at the time of recording. Uh, Want to hear my, my dark horse? Uh, I'm on I'm bated breath waiting for it. I was so big on this. As soon as I saw the name, I was like, that is it. His name is John Ha. He has one win on the PGA Tour, and that was in Mayakoba in 2012. He, well, is third in total driving on the PGA Tour. Would you believe that? Which would be great this week, as we were saying, a big risk-reward course. 21st in proximity, 17th in par 5 birdie or better. If he can find form on the greens and get hot with the putter, then this could be the week. And I think at 300 to 1, coming off a 19th place finish as well, um, dark horse pick for me is John Ha. 
Anyway, uh, our dark horse picks are Sepp, Straka and John Ha. Two brilliant names. Right, Jay, thank you very much for donning your uh, lovely tweed waistcoat and uh, coming on the show again. It's always greatly appreciated. And well, I just, I just wanted to be comfortable today and so I put something very informal on it. Now I'm going to go put a silk robe on, so go ahead. Just to um, to paint the picture, because the show actually airs as a TV show on the Sports Grid Network on Wednesday at 2pm Eastern. And you'll see what Jay is wearing if you tune in to watch the show. But he was very dapper in a shirt, tie and like a tweed waistcoat. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not really sure why, but it was definitely a good look and I appreciated the effort. So yeah, Houston Open, it's going to be fun this week. It, for a lot of the guys it is going to be a real warm-up before the masters and i can't believe it's next week so excited but yeah um hopefully our information helps you with your picks and as i said you can check out the show on the sports grid network every wednesday at 2 p.m and then it's repeated right away at 3 p.m then 10 and 11 eastern Elk will be back next week. It's a, it's, this is a very spoiled thing to say, but Elk and I don't live in the same place. I'm in Florida. He's in Texas. And we usually always meet up at the Masters. And it's something that we look forward to every year. And I'm extremely grateful that he takes me every year. But it's just going to be weird not being there this year. However, we have so much content, so much to talk about. And the show next week is going to be jam-packed. So we'll catch you then. Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.